I was tired a lot of the time. I took more naps. I haven't taken this many naps since I was like, you know, a toddler and there was nap time every day. I canceled plans. I canceled a trip. And, you know, it really forced me to surrender to what my body needed. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy Podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth. Each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self-worth, the connection between self-worth and relationships, self-worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self-worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. So if you've been following along with the podcast pretty closely, you've probably noticed that I've had many, many fewer solo episodes this season. So this is the second solo episode of the season and the third solo episode of the season will be the last episode of the season. And so we're switching it up. And part of the reason that we're doing that is just because We've had so many guests. We've found so many awesome people to be on the podcast and to join me for these really interesting conversations. And um, we wanted to include them all, which is why we've had so many guest episodes. I'd love to hear your feedback on that in terms of like listens and downloads. It seems like the episodes with guests resonate and are pretty popular, but I'd love your feedback, right? If as we think ahead to season four, do you want more solo episodes? Do you want just the same balance of solo and guest episodes? Are you enjoying the guest episodes? You can also let us know if there are specific people that you'd love to hear from on the podcast and we can do our best to reach out. So you can send me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Adia Gooden, or you could email us, which is podcast at dradiagooden.com. So we're really open for your feedback. So today on the podcast, I'm going to talk about a little bit about my pregnancy and how it's really helped me to honor my body on a deeper level. So we got pregnant pretty quickly, which was such a blessing. So Jason and I knew that we wanted to get pregnant quickly after we got married. If you've been hanging around for a while, you probably know that we initially got, we got engaged in June, 2019, and we planned our wedding for July, 2020. And just like so many people who plan their weddings for 2020, we had to, well, we decided to postpone our wedding because we really wanted to have a pretty big wedding with lots of our friends and family present. And that just was not going to be possible in the summer of 2020. So we postponed our wedding and we ended up getting married in July, 2021. And so because we had sort of put our wedding off a year, because I'm 36 and he's 39, we decided that we wanted to get pregnant pretty quickly. We're hoping to have two kids 
And we figured we should just get a jump start on it. And about a year or so before I got pregnant, before we started trying, I started working with a naturopathic doctor. And really my goal was to address some sort of longstanding digestive issues that I had and also to get myself as healthy as possible so that when we were ready to start trying, I would hopefully be in the best shape and health possible And, you know, my fertility would be in a really good place. So I got my blood tested under the guidance of the naturopathic doctor. I took supplements to increase nutrients that were low. I made some shifts in my diet to make sure that I was getting all the nutrients that I needed. I also stopped using as many household and products and personal care products that have hormone disrupting chemicals as I could. I think One of the things that people often are unaware of is that there's a lot of chemicals that we get exposed to in our daily life that can disrupt our hormones and affect our fertility. And, you know, while some of these chemicals are not allowed by European governments, many of them are still allowed by the United States government. And so they could be in your lotions and your, you know, perfumes and your body washes and all of that stuff, or they could be in your cleaning supplies. And so much to the annoyance of Jason, when he'd come home with a new cleaning supply with a great scent, I'd be like, I don't want to use that. (laughs) It's toxic. And he'd be like, oh, I roll. But part of my my reasoning was that I knew that it had chemicals. I knew that wasn't going to be good for me. And I also knew it wasn't going to be good for my fertility. So I did some of this kind of work up front, which I think was really helpful. And this may be too too much information, maybe a little TMI, but I was also our sort of contraceptive method was that I was using the fertility awareness method instead of birth control. Um, so basically, I had an IUD removed a few years ago, and my body just does not do well on hormonal birth control. I have tried several different pills. I have tried IUDs with, you know, hormones. I've never tried the copper IUD because I already had heavy periods and I did not want to risk having a heavier, more painful period. But basically like my body does not, not like birth control. I know that it works really well for a lot of people, but it just does not work well for me. And so when I got the IUD removed, I decided, you know, I wasn't going to go on any type of hormonal birth control. And at some point when Jason and I were in a serious relationship, I started using the fertility awareness method, which basically means that you track your period and your ovulation and you don't have unprotected intercourse during the five day window when you could get pregnant, right? So basically (laughs) we are only fertile for five days during our cycle. And this is obviously very contrary to the message that so many of us receive as young girls and young women, which is like, don't get pregnant, keep your legs closed. If you even look at a guy, you're going to get pregnant. If a guy even looks at you, you're going to get pregnant. If you kiss somebody, you're going to get pregnant. Right? Like, that's often the message is like, pregnancy might come at any time. Don't get pregnant. Right. And I think often people, many people who, you know, haven't gotten pregnant when they were younger, go into adulthood and then they're ready to get pregnant. And they have no idea that you've got like five days, like a five day window when you can really get pregnant. And the window is basically because, you know, there's sort of this five day window of ovulation. An egg can stay alive for 24 hours. Sperm, you know, they're a little feisty. They can stay alive for like five days. (laughs) So they can be in your, um, I don't know if it's your uterus or 
probably not saying the parts right, but they could be inside you alive for five days. So if that egg drops and the sperm's already there, they can, you know, get together and make a baby. But basically, (laughs) when you use a fertility awareness method, you're sort of tracking your ovulation, you're tracking your period, you know when you're fertile, and that's when you sort of avoid having unprotected intercourse. So that also helped me, which means that by the time that we were ready to try to get pregnant, we knew, I knew, okay, this is the week. These are the five days when we need to be trying. Like there wasn't any mystery in that for me. So I think all of those things sort of supported me in getting pregnant. And I guess I'm sharing this because I would have been curious about other people's journeys and maybe you're curious about mine and maybe you're thinking about getting pregnant soon. And, you know, this is my take. I am not a medical professional, but clearly some of the things that we did that I did worked well. And, you know, I had never been pregnant before and Jason had never gotten anybody pregnant before. So we really didn't know <laughs> if everything was working very well, right? Like we, we just didn't have any evidence. So we're super grateful that all of that came together. And I also think it probably did not hurt that we got pregnant. So we got pregnant the second month of trying, which is really like a week or so, a week or two after we got back from our honeymoon. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we spent a month of getting married and feeling surrounded by love and so happy and excited. And then we spent two weeks in Europe and, you know, had this incredible honeymoon and felt really relaxed and happy and joyful. I don't think it's any coincidence that that was a really good setup for pregnancy. So all of that kind of came together. We got pregnant. It was all good. And I felt fine for about a month. And then I started to feel sick and tired all the time. And I think, I don't think a lot of people talk about their experience in the first trimester, partly because when you're pregnant in the first trimester, you're usually not telling a lot of people because there's such a high risk of miscarriage. And so you, you know, don't want to tell everybody because then you might have to, you know, tell everybody if you lose the baby. And so people often are not talking as much about their first trimester. So I don't think I was really prepared. Like I think, you know, you hear, oh, there's morning sickness, which side note, like (laughs) morning sickness is not limited to the morning, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, you do sort of wake up. I did wake up sort of feeling sick. And part of it for me was like, if I didn't eat immediately, like I would feel sick. And so you had to like eat. And it's a really weird thing because it's, you know, like you're hungry and then your body makes you feel nauseous. And the solution is to eat, which is usually the opposite of the thing you want to do when you're, when you're nauseous. But anyway, so I just wasn't prepared, right? Like morning sickness happens throughout the day at any time, you know, you're incredibly tired. I was incredibly tired and, you know, it was tough. I love food a lot. It was the first time in my life that I just really didn't have an appetite. I really wasn't very interested in eating. I was tired a lot of the time. I took more naps. I haven't taken this many naps since I was like, you know, a toddler and there was nap time every day. I canceled plans. I canceled a trip. And, you know, it really forced me to surrender to what my body needed. That is what the first trimester did for me. 
you know, I'm usually a high energy person. I'm very active. I usually have a lot going on, probably too much going on and have trouble sort of being still. And as I've talked about on the podcast before, you know, I've had to learn to rest and relax and I've had to practice that actively. And, you know, it's really interesting for me to think about my first trimester because I didn't have the energy for that. (laughs) I just couldn't do it. I was really forced to surrender to the needs of my body, right? I stopped working on the weekends because I've talked about it. it was a goal of mine, but I think because I was pregnant, it just like forced me into that and I just couldn't do it. So I rested on the weekends. I wasn't running around doing a bunch of activities. I wasn't, you know, working. I wasn't doing all the, I was sitting on the couch I was napping for a few hours and I was watching TV, right? Like that was my weekend. And even during the week, I was so incredibly grateful to work from home and work for myself so that when I needed a nap in the middle of the day, as long as I didn't have a client or a meeting, I could go lay on my couch or go to my bed and take a nap. And that I have so much privilege to be able to do that, to be able to honor my body's needs in that way. And I'm also really grateful that I listened to it. I'm really grateful that I was able to allow myself to slow down, allow myself to leave tasks undone on my to-do list and prioritize resting, prioritize allowing my body to focus on building this baby, which is a priority for me. And so The first trimester of my pregnancy really moved me into a period of calm, of slowness, and of stillness. And it was really interesting to experience that because I tend to be such a high energy, move, 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 go, 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 do, do, do person. It was interesting to feel sort of relaxed, calm, at ease, still. And yeah, I did feel sick. But I was relaxed, right? I was sort of much more low key and my energy was lower and it was calmer. I didn't really want to do much. You know, I felt at peace and I napped. And I know that part of that was, you know, my body adjusting to what, how to, how it needed to create an environment that is best for this little baby that I'm growing. And I think that my lack of resistance was really important there because I could have fought it. I could have said, no, 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 no. I got to get all these things done. I got to push myself. I got to, you know, like I got to move. I got to go, right? I could have resisted this slowness, this heaviness, this need to lay down and rest and take it easy. But instead, I allowed it to take over me. I allowed myself to surrender to it. And that has felt really beautiful. This period of pregnancy has really ushered me into a deep state of being, right? And I, you know, I talk a lot about that on this podcast, which is how do you be in the world, right? Connecting to the part of you beyond what you do, beyond what you produce, right? And it helped me to slow down and be. And it was really powerful to allow for that, to connect to that part of me. 
pregnancy has really guided me into a practice of honoring my body more deeply. So not only have I been surrendering, it's also guided me into honoring my body. And I see honoring our bodies as moving into a relationship with our our bodies that's based on listening, giving our bodies what they need, and having gratitude for our bodies. In pregnancy, I've listened more closely to what my body needs. And if I'm being honest, my body has also been speaking more loudly about what it needs and what it does not want, which kind of gives me no choice in the matter. I mean, I guess I could push through it, but I don't think it would be good for anyone involved. So, you know, when I'm hungry, I am really hungry. Like the hunger is intense, especially after I moved out of the first trimester into the second trimester. I had my appetite back. I could eat more. My stomach issues were calmed and I would just get so hungry, like ravenous. I needed so much food. I still need so much food, but it's like, I had to listen because, you know, whereas in the past I might feel a little hungry, you know, at the end of the evening and, you know, it's almost time for bed. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat. Like, I'll be fine. I'll just eat breakfast in the morning and be good. Like there have been times that just doesn't work (laughs) for me when I'm pregnant. It's like, if I go to bed hungry, I will either lay in bed awake, feeling hungry until I get up and get a snack, or I will wake up in the middle of the night (laughs) and feel hungry and really have to get up, get myself a snack and eat until my body's like, okay, cool. Right? Like my body is not playing any games. It's like, when I say I'm hungry, you need to feed me immediately. And I'm not going to quiet down until you listen to me. Some of this I feel is training (laughs) for having a baby because babies, when they're hungry, they're hungry and they better be fed. And there's no like, I'll feed you in the morning. I'll feed you in an hour. Just hold tight. Like, wait, no, 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 right? Like when the baby is hungry and the baby starts crying, you need to feed the baby immediately. And so some of this feels like training for that. Similarly, when I'm tired, I am really, really tired. And it is all I could do not to take a nap. And so it's been so wonderful to be able to take the naps that I need and to rest in the way that I need. It does not work for me to ignore these physical needs. And so I honor them. You know, I've also felt more grateful for and in awe of my body than ever before, right? It's building a human and it's really been incredible to witness my body change. It knows what to do without me telling it. My uterus knows how to grow and expand. My breasts know how to change to get ready to breastfeed. My organs know how to move out of the way to make room for this baby girl. It's amazing. And watching my body transform has helped me to be more grateful for my body and everything it can do than I ever have been before. So often as women, people of color, gender non-conforming folks, we develop relationships with our bodies that are about changing our bodies. We focus on how our bodies look and how other people see our bodies. And in this process, we get disconnected from how we feel in our bodies. We are objectified by society and then we in turn objectify ourselves. Our bodies become objects that we're trying to shape and change versus things that we are living in, right? That we are in relationship with. 
And it can be really powerful to get grounded in our bodies and feel gratitude for our bodies instead of thinking about how they should be different. Instead of looking at them from the outside in, feeling and living in our bodies from the inside out. So you may be wondering, okay, Dia, this is interesting. Hopefully you think it's interesting, but how is this relevant for me? Especially if you are not a pregnant person right now. Well, I think that there are lessons for all of us in this, right? Especially related to honoring our bodies. And I want you to think about how you can begin to honor your body. How can you begin to show your body gratitude for how it carries you through the world each and every day, right? How can you be grateful for your body instead of critical of your body? What would that shift look like to think about your digestive system that turns your food into fuel, to think about your eyes that allow you to see, your ears that allow you to hear, your mouth that allows you to speak and eat and sing, your body that allows you to dance and move, right? Like how would it feel to shift to a space of gratitude with your body? The other thing that you can do as you begin to honor your body is to tune into your body and get in touch with your needs and then honor them, right? I said that one of the things that stood out about pregnancy is that my body communicates its needs very, very clearly. I've already sort of was in touch with my body and its needs, but in pregnancy it is very clear what I need and how I can honor my body. And I think for a lot of us, that's not always clear, partly because um, we tend to be disconnected from our bodies, right? It's very easy to sort of override our bodily needs, right? And that could look like every time you're tired, you drink another cup of coffee or drink another caffeinated drink and, you know, you sort of up yourself in the morning, caffeine. And then when you're trying to relax in the evening, you use alcohol, you use marijuana, you use these things. And it's not to say that those substances are problematic in and of themselves, but often it speaks to a disconnect from what our bodies truly need, which is rest or to exercise and move in order to get energy or food that's truly nourishing, things like that. So what I'd encourage you to do if you want to kind of tune into what your body needs is start by doing a body scan. And this really means that you're starting at your head and moving downward and just moving your attention from your head all the way down to your toes and noticing what you feel in your body. What are Where are the points of tension, pain, comfort, discomfort, soreness, fatigue, tingling, right? What are you feeling in your body? And this is not about judging or evaluating yourself or your body. It's really just about noticing. And then that noticing, that information gives you data about what your body needs, right? So if you notice a lot of tension, right, your jaw is locked, your shoulders are hunched, your back is aching, that is a signal that you need help relaxing, that you need to create space for relaxation. In the moment, you could take a few deep breaths and really just sort of actively try to relax your body. You also might go for a massage or give yourself a massage or take a bath, right? Doing something soothing that helps your muscles to relax. 
It might also be an indicator that you are holding a lot of tension. You're very worried. And so you might think about how you can let those mental stressors start to release. You notice that your body feels sore. You might think about stretching. If you notice that your body feels tired, that might indicate that you need more time for rest or sleep, right? So you tune into your body because often our body is communicating to us, but it starts pretty quietly and then it gets louder and louder and louder, right? It starts with a little twinge of I'm uncomfortable or I'm tired and then it gets louder and then we start to feel burned out or then we start to feel sick. Right. And so the idea is the more in tune you can be with your body, the sooner you will be able to honor your body's needs and take care of your body to interrupt the progression of, you know, a negative consequence for being stressed and overwhelmed or being undernourished or not getting the rest you need. So when we tune into our bodies and when we honor our bodies and take good care of them, that is when we feel our best. And if this is intriguing you and if honoring your body and taking good care of yourself is something that you'd like more support with, that you want some sort of structure and guidance with, I want to encourage you to consider enrolling in my Date Yourself course. This is an online self-paced course that is all about building a healthy relationship with yourself. And one of the core pillars of having a healthy relationship with yourself is honoring your body and taking good care of yourself. And so in the first module of the course, you talk about letting go of self-criticism. And often our criticism is focused on our bodies. The second and third modules are focused on practicing self-compassion, being kind and compassionate to ourselves. And the fourth module is all about honoring your body engaging in personalized and sustainable self-care. I guide you step-by-step to create a personalized and sustainable self-care plan that you can implement and use for years to come. So this four-week program will get you on the right track to feel good about yourself and honor your body. So if this sounds like something that would be helpful to you, that would be supportive in terms of you taking good care of yourself and honoring your body, I encourage you to learn more by going to unconditionallyworthy.com forward slash date yourself. You can learn all the details of the program and enroll at that link. And it's also in the show notes. So I hope that this has been helpful for you in terms of thinking about what's your relationship with your body? How do you listen? Is there an opportunity to surrender and not resist what your body is telling you? And you don't have to wait until you're pregnant, you know, to do that, right? You can do it now. And so I encourage you to think about what's one shift you can make this upcoming week in terms of how you treat your body, how you listen to your body and how you take care of your body. As always, I am so grateful to you for listening and I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating or review and please share this episode with someone who you think might resonate with what I've shared. Thanks so much and see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Adia Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode.
This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana, and the music is by Wadaboy. 